0: Welcome to The Prestige. My name's Rob. I've spent most of my life making movies all over the world. My co-host is Sam. i spent most of his life reading, writing and analysing literature and media. And together, we make a show about movies. Each week, we pick a movie. We go deep on that movie, analysing its themes, its effects. And hopefully bring some fresh takes to it. I bring the technical and Sam brings the theory. We're currently in our fifth season, doing a world tour, starting in Chile and working our way all the way round to the southern tip of Africa, exploring lesser-known movies and lesser-known cultures. Find The Prestige wherever you get podcasts or on Kaiju FM. Life's a game, the world's a stage, and we are merely roleplayers, where theatrical people play role playing games. I'm Matt, I'm your compare for this backstage episode from our current Main House production. Who am I joined by backstage?
1: You are joined by <laughs> Josh. I'm playing Ginny Greenteeth, the Spellslinger.
2: And I'm Ellie, I'm playing Percy Byron, the Exile. I'm Nat, I'm playing Gwyneth, the Divine.
1: And I'm Alex, and I'm playing Graham, the Summoned. And
0: in this episode, we're going to talk a little bit about the Morrigan,
3: mm-hmm.
0: because if we cast our minds back to Vigil Cold Snap, uh, Gwyneth's debut, the Morrigan showed up slightly unexpectedly, taking all of us by surprise before we'd done really any development about what she was like, what yeah. her motivations might be. And so we developed a lot of stuff on the fly, and I thought it would be a good idea to maybe think about some of it this time, <laughs> in case she pops her head up again.
3: You say that in such an
0: ominous way. So shall we start with what we kind of ended up establishing in Cold Snap, Mm -hmm. um, which was, uh, and also kind of the general mythological basis of the Morrigan. Yeah.
3: Um,
0: And obviously we want, uh, a lot of this is going to come from you, Nat, uh, since this is very tied into your character's backstory and Mm -hmm. affects your character a lot, but uh, everybody else feel free to chip in with ideas and stuff like that. So... Uh, Shall we start with the kind of mythological stuff? What What is your yeah. kind of conception of the Morrigan that you were working with at the start?
3: So the Morrigan is part of the ancient Celtic pantheon. She and they are both appropriate mm-hmm. pronouns because uh, they are a triple goddess. There's three aspects. When I say ancient Celtic, that she crops up in both Irish and Welsh, and I went Welsh with Gwynedd because I was terrified of doing an Irish accent or maintaining it for this. And
0: I followed suit for the Morrigan for exactly the same reason. (laughs) Um,
3: I I wrote it down for the the series of tweets, but she basically she was a goddess of a whole different bunch of stuff that kind of included warfare and battle, uh, harvesting, um, sex, cows, ravens also associated also associated with why did
1: you point at you, just because i knew he was going to say something that in the list you went sex and then cows and i just saw his <laughs> eyes light up that, that I, I feel that is completely unfair uh, my eyes did no lighting up i merely looked at josh and he pointed at me as if to say no sexy cow time <laughs> um.
3: uh, but yeah i mean she 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 kind of epitomizes that Uh, that trope of the the original dark dangerous sexy woman kind of thing um people who worshipped her at the time would have been equally like terrified but also worshipped um and I think I, I sort of said as Gwyneth at the end of Cold Snap she sort of represented this like if you prayed to her and got her on your side fantastic she was there for you in battle she would help you win uh fights against various tribes or whatever but if you got on her bad side who knows?
0: What might be interesting to define is like, uh, what are the three aspects? Because yeah. I think that varies from uh, from mythology oh, to mythology you know, hugely.
3: Before Cold Snap, I read a couple of different things on the, the Morrigan and the, the folklore, the stories that she was involved with, and every single one was different. Yeah. Basically. So there's like f- four or five different mm-hmm. names associated with her to represent three
2: aspects. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so it's something like, um, by Bi- Mor- Morrigan, Morrigu, oh my goodness, and there's a couple of others. I've really yeah. not done my homework for this, I do apologise. I mean,
0: d- don't apologise. Like, the version of the Morrigan I'm most familiar with is the one from The Wicked and the Divine, which is a comic right. series right. about uh, God- gods and goddesses reincarnating as pop stars. So, <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> so, you know, my version yeah. of it is going to be filtered through somebody else's lens completely. Yeah. So,
3: um, But I think, it, for, for our purposes, it's not important to have, like, three different names. Mm-hmm. The point is that it's just that concept i guess that she can split into three or have multiple aspects multiple uh, like it also follows like the mother maiden crone mm-hmm. tropes mm-hmm. and that kind of thing and for our purposes i've gone with the assumption of uh, knowing that she is a daughter of an older god the general gist of the folklore is that over time all the children and the the fae and the minor godde- gods and goddesses of that time as they were forgotten, just sort of blended into being the forest. Mm-hmm. So she still has power because people know of her and worship her in the modern day. And again, I apologise to any pagans listening who actually worship the Morrigan or pray to the Morrigan because this is a very different and ill-educated version of her.
1: That's another group of people that we've alienated <laughs> for the <Yeah>, season. Yeah, already. <laughs> just... More unsubscribers. So
2: sorry. <laughs> But it's okay because our version is just inspired by. It. Exactly. We're not, exactly, we're not claiming to be the perfect representation of.
3: Yeah, but the, yeah. So the elements I've taken are this: the threat of her, but she could she could be an ally, she could be an enemy. Who knows? It's kind of on her on on their whim. Trixie. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then the associations with ravens and crows and corvids in general associations with the woods and the forest and then I brought in this idea of her having shield maidens so when she goes into battle and she is fighting for people she'd have this cohort of uh, of warrior ladies
0: yeah and uh, I think the the three aspects give us a lot of helpful flexibility because we can say you know if if we decide at some point that we want to, like, we're not happy with a motivation that we came up with for her, then that was one aspect of her. But she can have kind of warring aspects with yeah. different mm-hmm. different agendas and different personalities almost. Yeah. Which is going to be quite fun to play with, maybe. Um, so the thing we established in Cold Snap was that she is still around. Yeah. She doesn't seem to be able to, like, immediately re-curse Gwyneth now that she's discovered mm-hmm. that Gwyneth has broken that that curse. Yeah. So no double jeopardy, then? No. Right? Which I think makes sense. There's a lot of sort of stuff in stories and folklore of, like, if, you, if you're if you cursed by a goddess or a being or a power and you kind of legitimately break that curse, um, they can't kind of just turn around and do the same thing to you again. Yeah. Right. <laughs> So you're you're free of the duck curse, <laughs> mm-hmm. but we established that she she is trying to kind of test Gwynedd. Yes. Asking her to prove that mortals are kind of worth her while or that kind of companionship and community can be as strong as kind of the war and coldness that uh, that she's kind of the avatar of mm-hmm. and is kind of offering Gwynedd a return to service as a shield maiden kind of if she mm-hmm. can prove this thing which you've kind of come up with some backstory stuff that might give some interest an interesting kind of slam on why she might be offering that up yes which is that maybe she doesn't have any other shield maidens left
3: yeah mm. she's a
0: bit on the wane yeah because
3: not as many people are worshiping her, worshiping her yeah. anymore so she's losing power and the shield maidens. I had this um, idea I've pitched to Matt and you've not necessarily said whether I'm okay to do it or not, is that historically, again, with the association with crows and ravens, all her shield maidens used to be able to shapeshift into crows to and they would be amongst the forest. So as a, as a peasant, if you're walking through the forest, the obviously crows, ravens, there's lots of omens associated with them because you didn't know whether they were just an animal or they could be an envoy of of the morrigan so turning Gwyn into a duck is kind of insulting because it's like a lesser
1: crow Mm.
3: (laughs) a bit more stupid not as uh, like agile Mm. or yeah
1: yeah apologies to any ducks that are listening Mm. yeah oh my goodness
3: (laughs) (laughs) such a mind build
0: but (laughs) interestingly possibly crucially like more beloved of mortals
3: than Mm. than
0: a crow Mm. yeah which kind of
3: fits it is that oh you like the human so much well hang out with them all (laughs) um so, yeah, I had this idea that Gwynedd used to be able to turn into a raven, but uh, a crow. Ravens reserved for the Morrigan, crows were her shield mm-hmm. maidens. So, the other shield maidens eventually just stopped being able to turn back into their human form and just stayed as crows. So, they're yeah. effectively, they could be they minor could be messengers spies, messengers, that, yeah. but they're useless in battle.
0: Uh, yeah, and just from the conditions of the curse by some weird quirk of coming back from the curse being recognized by mortals Gwyn's now the only one who can still make that transformation which I think is yeah like I say puts an interesting extra motivation that we kind of didn't know about when we did cold snap on why the Morrigan might be Mm. dangling this possibility of a return to her side a return from exile because she actually needs Gwyn now almost it might end up being almost more of a balanced relationship
3: but I don't think Gwen knows no. yet no she has not she Morrigan wouldn't <laughs> dare like admit to that would would be ridiculous I guess my question to you Matt mm-hmm. is would you let me turn into a crow
0: sure I, I
3: think maybe um
0: so there's there's the option when you uh take advances of taking a move from another playbook mm. right and there is a monstrous move which That's is shapeshifting true. So I think I would say I'll let you do it if you take them if take you pay it for as it. In, right.
3: Okay, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> I have to think about that now. Yeah. <laughs> you
0: don't get anything for free in this game. I think we can definitely put like when you do your uh, teleport like a bullet through the forest, like there can be a kind of a crow aspect to yeah. that. I mean, there sort of almost is with the wings. Yeah. Another thing I think is interesting to explore is if the the Morrigan's power is is on the wane, fewer people believe in her. Uh, her shield maidens can't fight for her anymore and that might lead on kind of naturally from the pact that we, or the the offer that we had her make Mm -hmm. in Cold Snap, is, do we think maybe the Morrigan's trying to change or or is interested Mm -hmm. in changing to kind of keep up or or find a new place in the Mm -hmm. modern world where she might be able to regain some power at the kind of exchange of slightly changing her aspect
3: yeah so this is interesting because i guess thinking about the warfare aspect warfare has obviously changed dramatically Mm -hmm. so it's like in that um in in Good Omens, war oh, yeah. in, in the modern war is very different to what it would have yeah. been originally, and I I don't think she's the kind of person, the kind of goddess that would now be all about like machine guns. No, <laughs> she's still very kind of of the forest. <laughs> I think
0: she likes up close and personal violence. I think
3: exactly, yeah, a bit bit more kind of long clawed fingers round the neck kind of violence rather yeah. than from a distance. So. I feel like she's still probably got that fighty warfare aspect, but she probably appreciates that that is not where her power would lie in the modern world. So maybe, maybe it's less of a trying to change her ways and more of a trying to figure out how she can maintain power, what is the best place for her to be. So, again, there's still that ambiguity of if another... Very much on the side of good, divine being were at play here. Would she side with them, yeah. or would she be like, actually, you know these demons—they <laughs> seem to have something going on. I don't know yet.
0: No, um, and obviously some of this we'll find out through play, but it's worth kind of thinking about the general direction because mm. the—I guess—the thing that I wanted to reconcile is that we've sort of ended up with like she is asking Gwyn, okay prove that your way is valid you know you think Mm -hmm. mortals are worth engaging with and that actually forming connections and having the warmth of friendship with mortals is is as valid a way Mm -hmm. of engaging with them as supporting them in battle Mm
3: -hmm. kind of thing
0: so what i'm trying to work out is if gwyn succeeds and kind of proves that point what does the morrigan do with that (laughs) information then because yeah. it almost sort of invalidates her whole thing if That's if true. if Gwyn can prove that to be true so it's like does she genuinely want Gwyn to try to prove that to her and that can be part of like a way that she's trying to change herself
2: mm-hmm.
0: or is it a, a, is the whole thing a trick and it's just like a sisyphian task that she's giving you so that when you're eventually ground down by it, she can benevolently offer you a place back in her ranks mm-hmm. again.
3: I think when you initially said it, I, I figured it was like the Sisyphean task. Mm-hmm. But now that we've kind of talked about the the change to her backstory and, and what you've just said there, I wonder if it is a... Well, I'm not going to lower myself to <laughs> test this theory out. So mm-hmm. maybe if... Maybe Gwyn can find me a place. Maybe... If she does this, then there will be people who will appreciate me again. Yeah. And you know, um, maybe it's both.
0: Maybe there's a yeah. there's an aspect of her that is looking forward to you failing yeah. and and coming crawling back to her on your knees. And there is an aspect of her that hopes that you succeed. Yeah. And that, uh, you know, you can both kind of find a new way together once you do.
3: Yeah. What's the third aspect?
0: Yeah, that's
1: what yeah. <laughs> <rest of> the <it. laughs> third
3: aspect's just kind of chilling in a in a tree with a cup of tea, like doesn't care either way. <laughs>
0: I feel like that's that's a bit clearer already. Yeah. Any other questions around or, or ideas that can kind of feed into this aspect of the the world?
2: Um, just a sort of general question about the Morrigan. Are they purely like a sort of earthbound goddess, or do they have influence and access to other worlds and realms?
3: In my head, it's. I think it's very much like Earth because. They came into existence because people worshipped her. Mm. If that
2: makes sense. Right. So it's all like humans and earth. She is
3: reliant on humans acknowledging her existence and praying to her Mm -hmm.
2: to exist. But she doesn't have a,
1: a real like permanent physical aspect on Earth, right? Because it, during cold snap, she appeared yeah. in the mirrors, and then she came to you in a sort of um, think, a, a, yeah, a, a type it, of form.
3: It's that kind of Dracula esque kind of thing where she can be mm. a flock of ravens, she can turn into uh, a cow, like mm. um, a, a big horse as well, a big black mm. stallion. Sure. So there's kind of all of these things that she could be.
2: But she's not like living a sort of semi human <laughs> life on a like cottage on the hill and then just like swans about doing goddess Come stuff in. when she yeah. to. <laughs> yeah. She's just ethereal and in in the ether. Yeah. Right. In the wind. Could she be a herd of cows? Is it just cow <laughs> three cows, be, <laughs> you cow?
3: three,
1: three cows. cows, three cows.
2: Maximum three
1: cows. No more, no less. <laughs> three
2: cows. Yes, the max and min is three. Yeah. Like anything. Oh <laughs> um, no!
3: Well, I had in the the other backstory, uh, like the story of Gwyneth and the the guy that she got exiled for. That, uh, the sexy, sexy man. <laughs> the sexy, sexy man. Um, that uh, the Morrigan was was luring him in the form of a cow. And he was following the cow into Why towards... was
2: he into a cow? No, not in that way. Oh, right, in sorry. Like, oh, okay. In like... <laughs> good eating on a cow. There no, is. <laughs> and also drinking. Yeah.
3: Also, magical, like mystical cow in the woods is like yeah Ooh, there is and, and puts a, a like, for
1: the record can I say that at no point did I mention cow sex that was brought in by somebody else um, I stayed true to my side good, of the bargain and flag not, it. not there, mentioning you did write it down on a piece sex. of
2: paper and slide it across the table and ask someone to read it out though so
1: there, no. hey ways and means there are a
0: lot of English folk tales about cows uh, that can be milked forever and never run out of milk
2: what a dream <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe he
0: thought that's what he was seeing
2: <laughs> forever milk
3: <laughs> if you see like a magical glowy mystical animal in the woods do you not follow it uh,
0: I mean uh, I mean he shouldn't have no. is, the, is,
1: is where I that mean, story was going yes. <laughs> now I wouldn't because it would probably mean it's radioactive um, true I'm not drinking radioactive milk
2: <laughs> no one's going to force you
1: There's, thank you <laughs>
2: It's not around this table at least. No, good. there are others though. <laughs> nah. But that's how the Morrigan snagged him: was being a glowy cow. Sleeping beauty kind of
3: entranced yeah. vibes yeah. going
1: on. Cool. Now I don't want a victim blame, but I kind of feel he uh, perhaps had his head screwed on a little bit more here and okay, if well, he's I been have... led away by a cow, she, then maybe you yeah,
2: got what was coming to him. She likes him hot that? and stupid. That's uh, hot and vibes. No,
1: I, I I've not oh,
3: told the full story cat. of it.
2: Ooh.
3: I've not told the full story of it, but I wasn't sure whether that's uh if it comes up in play or whether I should just go for it now, but if that's going to be spoilers.
0: I think maybe let's save it for a potential other black backstage episode. For sure. If it, if it comes up, let's keep keep this one about Morrigan specifically, and we're going to have the, mm. the, the Gwyn backstory. I would
2: love that. It'd be like Excellent it's going to be time. like a little Gwynn romance novella. Yeah, mm.
1: yeah. <laughs> loads and loads of cow time. <laughs> <laughs> Moving swiftly onwards. Now I have a question. Moving swiftly onwards. <laughs> so Alex, am I right? Alex, would get out. <laughs> get out. <laughs> You're out of the series.
2: Out <laughs> of the series. Not the episode. The series. You're out of the annals add. of history. Oh,
1: so the Morrigan got involved during uh, Cold Snap. During yeah. the final climactic battle with the Winter King. Yes. Got involved and mutated him and turned him into something big and upright yeah. and bipedal with a giant sword or something. I can't remember. I was in the series, <laughs> but I can't remember. It was a long time yeah, ago yeah. now. Um, that's quite an intense thing to have put us all through. Was that, yeah. remind everybody and myself, was that a test?
3: I love that was you're looking
1: at me, challenge? whereas Matt was the one that did that. <laughs> Matt, was it a test? Was it a challenge? Yeah, hmm. I think so. Yeah. It was. Yeah, it was.
0: Her her whole point that she was making was the cold and the and pain and that kind of thing is kind of stronger than the bonds of friendship and so on. Oh, and you had all pooled your magic together in this kind of very uh, community-focused ritual, you, you know, using more, the power of mortals and the power of the divine and the power of ginny magic and all that kind of thing, to pull together as a team. And uh, she souped up the Winter King to show you that like, the Ice Age was stronger and could break you.
1: Mm. So she's either challenging you to try and mm-hmm. make you prove your own strength and your own worthiness, yeah. or she's genuinely trying to strike you down to the point where she can rebuild you back up as her chief... shield maiden potentially and there's also a possibility that she's going to get involved in this story as well depending on how you roll
3: yeah I feel like the fact that we've done a backstage episode on it though is somewhat portentous
2: (laughs) I think
0: it's fine. It's it's just so that if it happens, sure, we're
1: not sure. caught unawares like we were in the yeah. mm.
2: It's just content, babes. Yeah, yeah
1: exactly. <laughs> if we it's just... Fine, nothing to worry about. If from over the hill we just see a, a herd of glowing cows filled... <laughs> likely to be ravens. Filled with forever milk, <laughs> charging down the hill to us, <laughs> then we're in trouble.
3: <laughs> She's a very serious character,
1: Josh. <laughs> she that was a very serious character, <laughs> and we've ruined that for you. We've made her utterly ridiculous. Oh, <laughs> I can feel my power
0: growing with every shitty pun. Ah. I mean, what else can we say after that? I, no. don't, I don't think we can add no. much more to the Morrigan now. So uh, let's, let's move swiftly on. Uh, I think we're ready to build this into the story.
2: <laughs>
1: Great. Move.
0: Been Vigil, a main house production from merely roleplayers. It stars Natalie Winter as Gwyneth, Alexander Pankhurst as Graham, Josh Yard as Ginny Greenteeth, and Ellie Pitkin as Persephone Byron. Sound design for this production is by Natalie Winter, and the theme music is by Alexander Pankhurst. I'm Matt Boothman and I play the supporting cast, as well as editing and producing the episode. We were playing Monster of the Week a role-playing game by Michael Sands, published by Evil Hat Productions. You can find Monster of the Week at genericgames.co.nz. Merely Role Players is a Foggy Outline production in association with Blackshaw Theatre Company. Until next time, if drama be the food of life, play on,